Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Mic check one two. <clears throat> Mic check one two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels not in distress. Host came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot off the press. Hello. How are you? Good. We're back again. Welcome everyone. Back again. Where are you reporting from? I am reporting from New York because I turned twenty six, as you know, and uh, you know I just miss Obama a lot. And uh, no longer can be on my parents' insurance. So I have been literally seeing every doctor on the planet. I am happy to report that I am a very healthy person. But so I'm in New York because I'm staying away from my parents until I get my, I got a COVID test. um, Like after I saw all my doctors, I'm totally fine. But just because I wanted to be extra safe and staying here until I get my test results back. It's funny because I mentioned to one of my doctors that like I've experienced more anxiety um, during the pandemic than I normally do. And I was like, you know, um, do you think I need medication for my anxiety, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, no, you seem like a, a pretty, uh, like you, your, your anxiety doesn't seem abnormal to the point where you would need medication. If it gets any worse, like come back. Yeah. So I told Brian that my doctor like said I didn't need to go on medication. He's like, hmm, they're sure about that? Like, maybe maybe look into it some more like just maybe tell them more about the anxiety I'm like I'm not just gonna go on medication because I'm bothering you Brian (laughs) but what has been causing all this anxiety so I mean in our last episode you got a little bit vulnerable in some situations that you were dealing with and I mentioned that we are all a work in progress and perfection piece progress so in going with my word um yeah, Matt talked a little bit about being a people pleaser and how, you know, narcissists are attracted to people pleasers. Um, and I have dealt with people pleasing tendencies all my life. I, yeah, I just struggle with it. I hate not being liked. And a lot of it comes from being bullied when I was a kid. And um, I can't sleep very well. Um, haven't, my, I still eat all the time, you know, but you know, felt like it's more effective than usual that being said I did order 12 dumplings last night so I'm not going to come on here and tell you that I'm not eating because I am eating um something that I really have to work on is being okay with not being liked and being okay that um situations don't always end the way you want them to I want everything to be positive with people and like the second there's a conflict I need to deal with it immediately and if I can't deal with it immediately then it like destroys my focus for the entire day so one thing that I've been working on and shout out to my best friend Alicia who will definitely be listening to this who told me about a square squad which is something that I've been loving it's um 
by Brene Brown. She talks about this in her book. And I'm not going to quote this right. Maybe we can put on here what the actual quote is. But she talks about how um, to deny other people's opinions would be to lack compassion, but to accept everyone's opinion of you would be to lose courage in having vulnerability. What I really liked about it is because she says that, she recommends a square squad, which is you take a one by one inch of paper and as many people's names as you can fit on. And you really can't fit on like more than eight names onto the one by one. I have massive handwriting. So for me, it's even smaller, but it makes you pick the people in your life who you know one, really have your back, but also will give you unbiased feedback. And if like somebody says something about you, like for example, you talk too much, then you go to somebody in your square squad and say, hey, so-and-so said that I talk too much. Have you experienced this with me before? And if that person says, no, I've never experienced that with you, then it's not valid feedback that you can retain about yourself because um, they're not in your square squad. So that's been something that I've really been rationalizing and I just really like it because the people who I picked for my square squad are people who I you know just really value their feedback and know they care about me and having that like example and then realizing that I can't like spend my life worrying about everyone's opinions I can only worry about the people who truly matter to me has been really freeing. My dad has this quote, and I don't know if it's like attributed to anyone, and I I don't know how deep it is, but I'll throw it out there and see if it resonates. He was like, if people realized how much other people thought about them, they would never even care like what Mm -hmm. anyone thought about them because like everyone has their own issues that they're going through and as much as like that might be top of mind for you, people have their own stuff they're going through. They're not like, you know, thinking about you half as much as you think that they are talking about you half as much as they think that you are. Yeah, I really like that. I like that exercise. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Well, I think that people pleasing tendencies, overthinking, all of these things are something that we want to discuss with our guests today. So I think that is a perfect transition into our guest. Yeah, let's talk to Jimmy. So we are here with Jimmy Fowley, who is a comedian, actor, and writer currently writing for Will Arnett's show, Your Daily Horoscope. So Jimmy was my improv teacher at Groundlings. And I feel like we really bonded at Groundlings. One, just because I felt like we had chemistry, you know, from the get-go. You may not have felt it. I felt it. Yeah. It really feels like a ro- uh, like a romance. Like, it's like there was chemistry. Like, people are like, what? how unprofessional is this improv teacher who's like... But yeah, no, that class was really fun. And like, side note, I feel like improv in general or class in general feels like after, you know, five months of the pandemic, it's like, will that ever happen again? You know what I mean? Like, just... The fact that being in a room and connecting with people and like even like touching like feels so crazy. Don't you don't you think? It like is scary to think about how we were in a room with so many people not wearing a mask. Yeah. Thinking about that now makes me so anxious. I don't know if you've had this, but when you watch a movie and two strangers touch or they touch like a banister or like, you know, they're on the subway, you're like, you start getting nervous. Like, oh my God, they're going to get sick. Well, I get nervous and I get jealous because I started watching that Indian matchmaking show on Netflix and they're just like at a restaurant having a date night. And I'm like, I miss that. (laughs) I know I miss that too. Are you doing the whole like quarantine dating stuff I've been having some FaceTime dates I hooked up with my neighbor and I wish like someone besides everybody would have told me that was a bad idea um yeah so we're just we're making do with what's around you know what I mean (laughs) I love that juice if there was ever a time 
that it's okay. I feel like it's now. I was actually thinking about going back to, because I'm from Massachusetts. I was thinking about going back for like a month. Stay, like seeing my parents and um, like my family and like, because you know, nothing's happened. Like the only yeah. reason to be in LA is entertainment. The show that I'm writing on, I can just write from anywhere, you know? So are they filming that show right now? So that show is actually a cartoon. The the comedy, the, the, the other two, we that Comedy Central show, we were filming it right when everything happened. I was supposed to go back to New York to shoot another scene. And then it was like on pause. And then obviously like the rest is history. Like everything stopped. Yeah. And it's going to be so weird because TV shows when they come back are going to have like a year gap where like, like in one scene, someone's going to age like a year. But yeah, no, I, it was so weird. Right before quarantine happened, I ended up um, um, the showrunner of this show on Quibi. Have you guys seen Quibi at all? Yeah, I've seen the ads. I haven't watched anything. I've seen like little clips. I haven't downloaded it. Yeah, and I feel like no one has. Like literally no. like everyone. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> every, every article is like, I read an article on um, Vulture and it was like, yep, Quibi is bad. Like, every, <laughs> like well, it's like my show is actually like one of the number, like the top shows. So like no one's watching Quibi, but the people who are, are like actually watching the show I read on. But I, I understand it because it's like, no one's like how many people do we know in entertainment who are like like oh you got to watch this you got to watch this like no one's saying anything about quibi there's no like flagship show mm-hmm. and it's for like it's like quick bites like media on the go it's like we already have that like instagram tiktok, TikTok yeah. yeah um have they talked about when anything is going back no like no one knows like there was a time where um there was another show I was working on and um we were gonna film in March and then that got paused and they're like we're gonna film in June or the summer and now it's to the point like they don't even talk to my reps anymore about it because they have no idea yeah are you still doing like a a zoom acting class yeah I stopped the last couple weeks but I was for a while is it good or are you are you just groundlings anymore like what are they doing you can't I mean there's like intro level classes, but I haven't taught one. I feel like what, how would you do an improv class on how Zoom? How would you pass the yeah. levels or anything? Like in ground? Yeah, they, they can't even do that. Yeah. Um, That's what I was going to ask. I saw, I've taken stuff at UCB. I saw they were doing sketch writing on Zoom, which I think could be a little more feasible. But yeah, yeah. Jimmy, do you feel like improv, improv would just like not translate over Zoom? I mean, you could argue that improv barely even translates in real life. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Is this the time in the world where improv just slowly dies out? But I think, I don't know. Some people are taking classes. Like, I think more than anything, people like the community um, of, and just improv does help. Like, even with writing, like, it's like all you're doing is when you write is improvising at a keyboard. Even if there was some weird version of improv, where you're just generating information, generating dialogue, I think is good. But there's like a lag on the computer and like improv's all about like just taking the first thing and then like there's a lag with the, your partner and there's a lag watching it. And I don't know, I just, I know some people are teaching and I don't want to like shit on them because like that's their like job, but like I'm not interested in popping into that space. Yeah. Yeah. Cut to in like 2022, like literally, like I'm so desperate. I'm like, hey guys, my improv class is starting next week. I feel like I have seven a night. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you about which day you're teaching on so that I can. <laughs> oh, 
I was going to have you talk about a little bit, like why you wanted to go to USC, how you transitioned from starting at USC to doing Go, Go Boy Interrupted, ending up at Groundlings, and then getting to where you are today. I always wanted to go to move to California. And I really liked UCLA, actually. And then my teacher was like, you won't get into UCLA. And it's so weird how like that was my dream school since I was like nine. And I immediately was like, oh, okay. Like I wasn't like, oh, I want to just try or I want to apply. Like, I don't know. I mean, everything works out how it should. He was like, you should apply to USC. And then like it was super expensive, but I got like financial aid. And then I went and I was like, oh, I want to be like a serious actor. And you guys, I'm so not good at dramatic acting. Like it is not my thing. And, I, and like, I don't want to do it anymore. But it was funny because that was like, I wanted to be like Leonardo DiCaprio or something. And then um, I went to USC and my friend was like, you should do improv. Cause I was always like joking around and stuff. Like, I don't know, I was, I was so much into the party scene. I was like working at clubs and stuff. Like, to be honest, I actually ended up having uh, an alcohol problem, which I ended up getting sober later. But I was like, I don't think it's my thing, but I auditioned for it. And then like, there were these really great improvisers who were at USC, like um, Kyle Mooney, who's obviously now on SNL, Beck Bennett, Nick Rutherford. Like it was this whole legacy of people who went on to be amazing comedians. And I just ended up doing it and loving it. And what I loved about improv is like, you can actually create your own stories. Like you guys know so much of acting is like, you have to wait for a call and you wait for your agent or your manager or like, you know, you go for an audition and half the time you're auditioning for shit that you don't even want to do. Yes. You know? And mind. so everything kind of changed when I started realizing, oh, I could just write because then I could just like do the, the stuff I wanted to do. I took classes at Groundlings and yeah, Groundlings was just so fun and what was cool about it is being an actor is so negative like people are like it's so hard and you're never gonna do it and you start feeling like I don't know like kind of depressed about it but then when I was at Groundlings I would see people performing who are hilarious and then you'd be like oh look at them they've like done some stuff or like oh I just saw them in a commercial like that's so cool or like oh I saw them in a tv show and you're like maybe I could actually make a career out of this art you know and um so I got into I took classes it was really hard it was super tough ended up doing Sunday company did a year and a half didn't get into main company I ended up getting cut and then that inspired me just to make my own show basically and so I wrote like a series about what it was like being a go-go boy in LA and this idea of him hitting 30 and then aging out and he's kind of like doesn't know what to do with himself and just playing this kind of like the character I I think play well is just like dumb gay guy with a drug problem. Like mm-hmm. that is always what I get cast as. And like, I'm like, great, I'll just do that. And um, yeah, just to, I, I, I was hoping it would get some sort of viewership and it ended up getting like millions of views, like 7 million views. Yeah, it just kind of opened up like for me to do other stuff. And that's how I got... Um, my reps for writing and written on a few things here and there. But yeah, like it took me, I feel like 10 years to just kind of work solidly. Like I was struggling really bad for like my first, I guess like decade in in LA. Yeah. That's like, I resonate to your story so much. Cause I mean, I still want to do the dramatic acting. That's like obviously the goal, but 
I just felt like when I came out here, I took my first acting class and there was this girl in my acting class and she was like, I was just so into the character tonight. Like I went home like as that character and I was just like, how the fuck you didn't, Janet? Like you went home and watched like three hours of Netflix as your character. And then like, I went to UCB and they were just so open in like my sketch writing class. They were like, let's actually like record videos and like do things. And you kind of feel like you're at least putting something out there. And yeah, that's just like the best feeling. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then, and even just the sense of like in comedy, you never talk about the acting, like you're doing it. But like after college, I was so sick of just like studying it and like, ooh, that acting was good and that acting's bad. It makes you not want to do it. We're in LA, like there are some of the most talented people haven't, I mean, some of the most talented people have no careers mm-hmm. and then there's people who are terrible and they're just hot. Like mm-hmm. literally, like they're just hot to look at. You know what I mean? Like, so like, let's stop pretending that people who are working are that good. And I say that not to like, be like a downer about it, but also to be like, how amazing, like, however talented or not talented you are, there's someone who's worse than you, who, who like, is having a successful career. So I don't think anyone should ever be like, Oh, maybe I'm not good enough. It's like, it's LA. Yeah, like, bad people are working. (laughs) You are good enough. I went back to my old high school and um and I talked to like it was a performing arts high school and the director was like like say whatever you want to like the class because I taught an improv class for them and I felt like I was like too real like I was like I was like some of you guys will work because you're skinny <laughs> you like flick a cigarette at them <laughs> like, I'm, so dated. I'm so dated I was just like you guys but that's so funny. You had that experience at UCB. I think a lot of people do. When you study acting so hardcore, you're just kind of like, I just want to fuck around. Yeah. That's what I like. When I would teach improv, I'd be like, when you guys get up to perform, you should be fucking around. Like just getting silly and having so much fun because then the audience is going to have fun, you know? Well, yeah, that's actually the only reason I took Groundlings because my manager at the time wanted me to take, I was taking a really serious acting class, like one of the ones where you sit in a circle and they ask you like what happened to you to just <sighs> like ball your eyes out. <laughs> my acting teacher was like, imagine your parents divorce and like how you felt in the moment and then he was just like yelling at me I don't love you I don't love you I don't love you to get me to like ball about my parents divorce and my manager was like yeah but like it looks really good on a resume so you should stay in the class and I was just like I cannot keep doing this like I I no longer feel good about anything like it's not fun so that's yeah. when I went to Groundlings and like I feel like my first few weeks in the class I was approaching it like the same technical way you would approach an acting class. Like when you're learning improv, all the things like you say, you don't say. And it wasn't until that I like actually started having fun and just enjoying what I was doing that I felt like I got better at doing improv. I remember that. I remember like in class, like like there was like a turning point where you were just like fully fearless and just really just having so much fun. And I think that's the cool thing about that art form is that there's no I mean there's rules and you learn the rules but really there's no rules you can say or do anything and it's all about like allowing yourself to do whatever you want and I think sometimes people are can be kind of like beaten down by like the biz even though now it's like wait what is the 
business going to even be like? Do you guys have friends who were just about to graduate and come to LA and or go to New York or something? Do you have anyone who was like in college? Well, Lola. This is also funny because Lola edits this podcast, so she's hello. She's Lola. Be hearing this, um, actually moved into my apartment because USC isn't going back right now. So like she's going to be she do classes. She's just taking classes from like our apartment. That's so dark. Yeah, that um, brings me to what I wanted to chat with you about because um, so Lola uh, was also in our improv class and um, Lola and I got really close and it was really funny because Lola was working very hard in improv and wanted to stay after class one day to talk to you about how she could do better at improv. And she was like, yeah, just like wait for me and we'll walk to our cars together. It'll be like 10 minutes. And she goes over and like, starts talking to you and it's like already like a 30 minute conversation but then we all walk out together you can talk more about it but my favorite moment of this conversation was when you go okay I'm taking off my Groundlings hat now and I'm putting on my USC hat (laughs) yeah so I fully accosted Lauren and Lola like gave them full full like light because I think and you can speak to this because maybe I'm not but I try to be very professional in class like 100% do like my students and I'm like, I'm very tough, but I'm like supportive and I'm fun, but I'm like very tough on them because I want them to be so good yes. and get their money's worth. But I was going, Chloe, I was going through the craziest breakup of my life. Like I basically, like long story short, I was in this relationship and I had got the sense that my ex had a thing for our married friend who's also gay. He's just not like a woman, but like me and my ex were friends with this couple we'd hang out we watched drag race and like they had kind of like we're hanging out a lot together and I was like what's the deal like is there like some sort of connection he's like no 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 anyways we broke up I found out months later that they were together by the way he was married I'll always come back to that which is one of the reasons this <laughs> motherfucker was married. Talk <laughs> to me in my deathbed, and I'm like, let me tell you about how I was betrayed. On your tombstone, <laughs> he was married. <laughs> so, so then I found out that they liked each other and that they were gonna try it, and something happened to me, Chloe, and I snapped, and I ended up this. I found out outside of Gold's Gym, Hollywood, in the parking lot. So yeah. our so already you know it's shout out to Gold's Gym. This is actually a commercial for Gold's Gym. You guys, they really want your business. Um, and I, I fully snapped, and I ended up with a water bottle, like throwing it at his Audi windshield, and it cracked, cracked his whole windshield. And I was just insane. And I was screaming at him, and I got in my car, and he was like, "Jimmy, he's like, what the fuck, my windshield?" And I just turned to him and I go, "This is just the beginning." And I drove away. Like, it was so insane. And I, and like, and so it was like, it's really funny now in retrospect. By the way, I, I paid him, like, um, yeah, like, you're like, so yeah. you're like, yeah, this is just the beginning cut to you. You're just like shelling out money. Oh, yeah. oh I, I said, this is just the beginning. Like, I was going to make his life hell. And I immediately paid him $2,000 for his windshield and never bothered him ever again. You were like, that'll show him. That'll fucking show him. Letter of all time. You'll get to it. Yeah, so I basically had become obsessed with the idea of reaching out to him because I hated, we spent two years together and I hated that that's how 
I ended it. And like, also I said a bunch of really hateful stuff to him about his new boyfriend. Like I was like, I'm going to kick his fucking ass and all this like crazy stuff. That's not the person that I want to be. When that happened, I was, and Lauren knows this because we have talked about this. Sometimes, you know, breakups are not really about the person. It's about some sort of like weird, like healing that you haven't done, but it's projected. Like, I think for me, I had, and I know from going to therapy, like I had this really intense attachment to my ex that was like way beyond our connection. And it was more about like some sort of like weird parental thing. Like part of my story is I was adopted and I never knew my biological parents. And I think I had some weird trust issues and fear of abandonment. And when that experience happened, like all my shit came out. And I would cry hours every day, hours. Like it was to the point where I would get up, I would go to auditions holding back tears and the casting director would be like, hey, how are you? And I'd be like, not good. And they'd be like, uh, and I'm like, sorry, I'm just going through a breakup. And they're like, like, this is for a Jolly Rancher commercial. We're going to need you to like up the pep a little. Honestly, it would be for like a sitcom where everyone's like having fun. And I'm just like, I was like, sorry, I'm going through a breakup. And my ex is now dating our married friend. And like, I remember like the, my, my, my manager was like, Hey, you might not want to keep telling people that story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually booked a job and my, um, the, the casting director for CBS, his name's Dory Potter. And we're like, we're friends. Um, but he was like, Hey, yeah, just heads up. Like, um, the casting director thought it was like really endearing that you said that story, but like, also, that was like definitely a strong choice to talk about. But I could, I wasn't doing it for any other reason. I couldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. And that day, all of that to say, to bring me back to Lauren and Lola, that day I had, I was having such a hard time in teaching because I'd be teaching and I was like in a massive amount of depression. Watching improv actually kind of helped me because it would get me out of myself. But those moments I would be like haunted by like my ex and his new boyfriend and how everything happened. And I was obsessed because I kept wondering if I should write him this letter. And so I, I unloaded all of that. Like here is like Lauren, this like cute 22 year old who's like fresh out of school. Is that your age? I don't know. Maybe you don't want to tell people your age. It's okay, Jimmy. She's 18. You guys. <laughs> she just turned 18. <laughs> if her, she plays 17 to 26. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I just, I told Lola and Lauren, I just told them this whole story. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I never do this. I'm telling you. And they were like my buddies in class, like where, you know, and then when we, when we were done with class, remember we all went to the bar, by the way, I'm going to get like fired from the groundlings when this all comes out. They're like, Think about it as Zoom classes, Jimmy. <laughs> we really, we really were. Yeah, they're gonna X me out. They're, I'm gonna be like, "Hi, I'd love to teach a Zoom class." They're like, "Hey, recently this podcast has come to our attention." <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it was just even at the end of class, I look, we were at the bar, and I read the letter aloud, right? And wasn't like Franny. Yeah, there. Franny was there too. Yeah, she was there, and like, yeah, that class was just like. I love that class and I was it was like me surrounded by these like 
girls in their young 20s like this 33 year old man being like I don't know guys what do I do and like like don't message him like you're better than that like you know and and it's so funny because I really you know I've never sent him a message or reached out thank god yeah thank god and also I don't Lauren I don't know if I even told you this I ended up meeting someone in February who is like just it's it makes me sad to think that I dated my ex. Oh, how yeah, how bad it was. I'm so happy. Yeah, it, it, and he's he's awesome, and like who you know we're in a relationship now, and like, but I really think that he's like my soulmate, and I don't think I would have gotten there had I not been so whatever I ended up grieving. Yeah. Like I don't know what that was, but that needed to get the fuck out because that was a lot of sadness, and there's no way it could have been just from this relationship like I felt betrayed for sure but like I don't know if you guys have that experience like something happens in a relationship and you're like whoa this is my childhood issues this is something else yeah well for me it was a lot of relationships because like our whole brand of the podcast she has a master's in psychology is a master's in psychology meets a recovered serial dater because I would bounce like from boyfriend to boyfriend Um, because for me, like having a boyfriend was like part of the plan. Like I wasn't whole unless I had somebody else there and I like couldn't accept my own issues and just be comfortable with myself if I didn't have somebody. And I felt like it was just like obsessive behavior, um, about guys. And it's actually interesting because recently, like when I mentioned I had a stressful week, I like had a lot of, um, people pleasing tendencies come up this week that I know that I have but I haven't like experienced in the same way in a long time because I've been in this relationship for a long time and my boyfriend's incredible but um in like a work relationship I was definitely reverting back to people pleasing and it reminded me so much of how I used to feel in breakups like constantly thinking about it didn't sleep well like loss of appetite because I was just like so upset obsessed about like potentially hurting somebody and then like feeling like oh they might not like me now and it reminds me because like when you were sending the letter you were being so nice to him like so nice to somebody who hurt you and I do that all the time so I felt like when you were doing that like I connected so heavily because um like there's such a big part of me that I need to like put an end and like a period on situations and feel like I'm killing them with kindness when sometimes you just need to walk away because it was a harmful relationship. Weird also how time is just one of the, you know, like you feel it, like you talk about it, you go to therapy, you talk to your friends about it, but then it's also just like, time. I don't know what it is that, that it's such a cliche, like time heals all wounds, mm-hmm. but I can't even imagine the place like when I was in the worst part of my breakup, like I, I you guys, I would be at, um, I went to H- Halloween Horror Nights, you know? So it's like, this is like weeks after the breakup. Like it's all my best friends and everyone wants to have a good time. And I'm literally on the mummy ride. Um, and, I'm, and, I, and as we were walking and I was like, guys, we're going in, we're going to have fun. I'm not going to talk about it. And as we start getting up to the gates, I'm like, okay, I just want to say one last thing. And I kept doing it. Like we were on the roller coaster. We're, going about to go through a dark tunnel and I'm like and do you you, one last thing that I do want to say about him like I could not let it go you know what else sucks about him and they're like yeah you've told us 20 times oh yeah I've said to my friend Emma like I kept saying things because there's this weird thing where you think you're having a revelation 
and you're just saying the same thing you've said mm-hmm. eight or nine times. My friends are so patient. I love to talk in circles and say the same shit in a different way. And they are just so patient with me. <laughs> yeah, my friends were really patient too. But we even hit a point where like, I remember saying like, my friend Jess, I'm like, hey, hey Jess, can I just like kind of turn over one last thing? And she she looked at me and she was like, like in her eyes were like rolling back in her head as she like heard it, you know? But yeah, I feel like, you just talk about it. You're obsessed with it. And then if you start operating from the idea of everything happens for a reason, like you, this whole thing that was such a painful kind of mark on my life, you just realize there's a lot of good that happens from it. Like, like the growth that happens from it. I think I was very much in victim mode where I'm like, I can't believe he did this to me. I can't believe this happened. And like, it's very empowering to see the ways where I actually facilitated this environment like Lauren to your point about people pleasing like that was a big thing that came up like I was really uncomfortable with their relationship for months and instead of saying like hey I'm kind of I'm like uncomfortable that doesn't feel good or hey I'm gonna I'm gonna take myself out of this relationship because I feel like it's bad for me I so badly wanted to be like the cool boyfriend who like I don't care I'm so secure with myself and it's like that's I that's not how I felt and my desire to be like the cool boyfriend, the irony is I was the boyfriend that stood at Gold's Gym parking lot, screaming at the top of my lungs, breaking an Audi windshield and saying, this is just the beginning. Yeah. So it's like anything you push down is going to come up like 10 times worse. Yeah. 100%. I don't blame anyone for going crazy though. Like I feel like I don't either. And sometimes I want to, and like, I'll see girls like posting quotes, like targeted quotes on like their Instagram stories. And I'm like, go off sis. I mean, I was like, you want to do it. Like, it's just like you hold yourself back. Yeah. Cause sometimes your brain is like, Oh, I need closure. Like I need closure, but it's like closure, like isn't real. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what more closure do I need? It's, closed like it's literally closed like it's but I think there's a part of me that's like I wanted to like have put a nice little ribbon on it I want it to be like amicable but it's like that then I have to check myself like my people pleasing my again my desire to be cool and whatever it's like I don't think that's a reality like I think that like that could also be super painful to see him or you know or even if it was like it's just not going to be what I want it to be yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the situation. I will talk about Jimmy's pilot when he made out of it. was the nicest letter of all time, like, for the situation. Like, Jimmy was like, you're an amazing person. Like, I wish you all the best. Like, we had an amazing life together. Like, I could see our future. It was, like, a beautifully written, like, way too nice letter for this man. He did not deserve this letter. And that was in the pilot that you created off of it? Oh, yeah. So I ended up make, writing this... Um like short film based on it it's called windshield and it's just about that like i think there was something interesting about you know the series of events the explosive the explosion and also i was in so such depression but like being a comedian it is kind of weird because you're expected to be funny and happy and i was so it was such a dark time for me like i would go do comedy shows and i'd sit in the in the dressing room as tears just kind of rolled down my cheeks. And I remember my friend was like, are, are you okay? Like, you're about to do this show. And I was like, I'm fine. And like, um, I remember I went to a wedding 
and you guys i was like getting ready for the wedding i'm like jimmy do not talk about it show up have a good time cut to me talking about my breakup to the bride okay like it's so hard to even talk to the bride like get the one-on-one the fact that i had held her hostage so um that's pretty much what the um pilot was about and then about me finally like kind of letting go but yeah it's very relatable I just like even hearing like you say that and like that you were supposed to go to a big event and just giving yourself this pep talk like I just I literally like feel that in my gut like we've all been there it's yeah so okay yeah Yeah, let's we should get to the letter let's see the letter dear damsels I recently broke up with my longtime boyfriend during quarantine We were together for three years, and during the pandemic, we made the decision to quarantine together. It didn't go well, and I later found out he was cheating on me. I've had a really hard time getting over him as I now work from home, can't see my friends, and obviously cannot go out and meet new people. Do you have any strategies in getting over an ex to stop obsessing and move on? Love, lonely, and isolated. Well, I think quarantine is like really just make or break in couples out here. It's hard not being able to see people because that was one of the things that really helped, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think... One of the things that helped me was actually going, and I know it's hard because it's like dangerous, but like, even if you drive out to like someplace like Joshua Tree, like just change the scenery, you know, maybe like rent a place, even if it's for a day, you know, connect with nature. Like I remember I was like so depressed, but I got like this house in Joshua Tree and I was like, like watching the stars and just Mm -hmm. like, I think it like you end up connecting to yourself, you know, because I think that's part of what it is, is like, when you go through a breakup and also reading about breakups helps like that it's common like you feel like you're hurting like the heartbreak registers in your brain as like actual pain mm-hmm. you know what I mean like a broken bone or something so just know like if you know whoever wrote this is watching like you will get over it you will no one has not gotten over a breakup like if, if you're trying if, if I think if like someone is just in like denial and they're like you know maybe because I'm sure some people have held on to like the heartbreak for years but if you're like my goal is to get over this you can it just takes a while my therapist does something that I love about how like a feeling like when it's studied is 90 seconds so you Uh feel your feeling for 90 seconds and then anything beyond that is just rumination and anxiety like you just start having thoughts that makes you think you're having a feeling but you only had the feeling for 90 seconds so you should have that feeling and then anything beyond that you're just doing to yourself that's so interesting well I like what you said too Jimmy about like going somewhere else like especially now and we just did an episode on social media stalking where the girl like couldn't stop stalking her ex and you're in quarantine there's nothing to do you wake up it's the same scene every single day you yeah like get on stalk someone and it's like if you go somewhere else and kind of take yourself out of it and like something I do too like if I'm in the middle of like stalking someone like I'll go somewhere and I'll be like okay like I'm on this hike now I don't get to like do that right now like that's not you know so I think just taking yourself out of the quarantine scene is so important yeah. right now. Yeah. Have you guys done the thing where you like turn off your phone for like a day or two days to kind of like detox? No, but I, I, I could do it again. But yeah, we, I should. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Palm Springs on Tuesday and I like promise myself that I, I want like, even if it's just 48 hours of no, just because I feel like your brain kind of like is re-energized and like, especially I feel like before we're all like so distracted on our phones and now when you get a chance to be around someone it's like the last thing 
I think it's, we've all gotten enough screen time for the rest of our lives yeah. in the past five months. Like it's all we do. Like even just now, if the three of us were in real life, I would not want to be checking my phone. I feel like I would like grab you if we didn't have coronavirus. Like I would like grab you and be like, oh my God, I just want to like see another human. Yeah. You know, we're so starved. So I think like that's good. Well, I also love what you said about looking at the stars, Jimmy, because I'm also like super into stars. Like it's like actually my thing. I'm, I'm really addicted to stars. Because you know that. What I love about them is like, it reminds you that the world is so much bigger than you and your problems, which I think in breakups is so important because your breakup feels like the biggest thing. And it yeah. feels like you're never going to get over it. And like, this is your life now. And this is what you're stuck with. And you're alone. But I feel like what you said about getting out of your space, but also just remembering that the universe is so large and so many people are going through so many different things. Um, and I even think with all of the activism that's happening on social media right now, like immersing yourself in finding a situation, like finding your cause and just realizing that there are so many other things besides your problems. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it was also so telling, like, it was like the breakup happened in September. I was like out of my mind for like months. I just started feeling, starting to feel normal again. Then the pandemic happened and you're like, whoa, this is a real thing and then all like you know with systemic racism and like the murder of George Floyd and like um you know you start realizing oh my god like I'm so consumed with like in the grand scheme of things like the messy breakup of two WeHo gays is nothing compared to like what's really going on and like it's actually like a even just my privilege that had me so up my own ass mm -hmm. you know and like that was kind of one of the things, one of the scenes I have in um, my short film, Windshield, is because this really did happen. I was writing on the show and there was a girl, a performer. Her name is Danielle Perez and she's black. She's Latina. She's in a wheelchair because she was in an accident and lost both her feet. And I'm literally sitting there like complaining about my breakup. And it's like she has this horrible trauma that's changed her whole life. And I'm like can't stop talking about my issues you know and like one of the things she said is like you know pain is pain like if you're going through something it doesn't matter how you like you know qualify it against someone else's life but at the same time like a little bit of perspective is actually healthy because yeah. you're like you will get over this you just have to and I love what you said like you just got to feel it like yeah. 90 like that's so good 90 seconds like one time I put a timer for like five minutes and I'm like okay I'm just gonna feel whatever comes up for five minutes and it's weird how like in weird ways you stop you keep blocking it like also I feel like with my career I'm kind of like a junkie because I'm like oh I'm like making these career like goals and I'm trying to get all these things and one day I'll be at this level and you start feeling like high off it and then it's like that's just your ego mm. you know like how do you feel right now if your goal is like I love performing I love you know making projects with my friends you can do that today you don't it's like this idea of like this carrot on a string like someday and it's this and this and it's like I have no doubt that those goals will happen for you if you're hardworking and you work you know you put your head down and do the work but why be lost in this moment in the future when like all you have is the present like mm -hmm. even this conversation with the two of you guys right now it's like so nice and it's like such an unexpected thing you know yeah. So I totally agree like taking in the present and 
being truly there with the people that you're with. It's really important. And the pain forces you to be, you know, um, present. Like for the person who's isolated going through the breakup, it's like, keep on, for me, it helps to do gratitude lists. Like, what am I grateful for? It's like, I'm safe. I have a place to live. I have running water. Like all of that stuff is stuff I usually take for granted, but I had to get down to like the basics of like my life and being alive. Otherwise I just like truly wanted to die, you know? Yeah. I'm reading um, Know My Name by, it's by Chanel Miller, who was the victim of the Stanford rape case. I don't know if you guys read about that, the water polo player. And it's an amazing book. But one of the things that she says that really resonated with me is to deny my messiness is to deny my humanity. And I feel like that's so important when you go through breakups. So like, yes, of course, there's a million things going on in the world, but allow yourself to feel all your feelings and have this time to take it. Like it's yours. You're allowed to feel your feelings. You're entitled to them. And then, um, you know, just realize you're a human being and you're a work in progress. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I like that. The messiness of it. Because honey, it was very messy. Yeah. It all is. All breakups are. (laughs) We want to keep you for longer, but I know you might have to bounce now. Tell people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. My Instagram is at Jimmy Fowley. And same with Twitter and YouTube and stuff. And uh, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. I love you, Jimmy. So much. I'll talk to you later. That was so nice. He was so funny. He's so sweet. We love him. Yeah. Another Trojan alumni fight on. He just was so relatable and so sweet. Like, I just felt like he, you know, you guys know each other. And I was like, you know, kind of ready to sit back a little bit. But he was so engaging. Like, he was asking me questions. He was asking you questions. He's just so down to earth and sweet. Yeah, it was nice for me, too, because um, a lot of the time we talk to people who are single or who know a lot about dating apps and things like that. So a breakup is my forte. Yes, exactly. And his was just so funny and so relatable. Yeah, he had to tell that story. Yeah. And yeah, I just really enjoyed speaking with him. Um, he's so successful with everything that he's doing now. And yeah, I just think it's important to talk about breakups and how the, uh, the situation mulls over eventually, but it sucks going through it for sure. It does. It's really difficult going through it at the time. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah, so I was talking to you about my people pleasing and uh, while I was sitting drinking wine and eating my dumplings uh, to uh, you know make myself feel better, I noticed that Chloe is live on Instagram and I was like having the time of my life. See, I never tune into live videos, but because it was yours, I was like, oh, well, let's do it. But I didn't even realize that you were on the podcast. So then I just start like blowing up the live video and Brian is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm tuning into the live video. And I'm like, she talks, she mentioned something about hiking. I'm like, I love hiking. And then she's like, uh, yeah, we're actually filming an episode like right after this. I'm like, we're not anymore. Just like tuning in. And Chloe says something like, yeah, maybe she could come on when, if she's camera ready. And I'm like, X out, X out, X out. I that's how like some of my best friend Nassim like wouldn't stop blowing up the comments either and she was like what if I just like requested to come in yeah so I was on Mike Sakio's podcast it's called Drop the Mic and his podcast is just really cool he really plans it out very well he was like asking me questions about dating apps we ranked the dating apps wow. it was a lot of fun but 
that was my first Instagram live. And I feel like a lot of like my friends joined being like, what is Chloe doing now? I feel like that's how my friends always feel about me. What is Chloe doing now? Let me go support it. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. You guys should check out his podcast. It's called Drop the Mic. He has a lot of good guests on there. I think he does it every night. So plenty of content there for you guys to tune into. And yeah. Chloe has the best friends in the world because they all got t-shirts of her of this podcast and they all wore them for her birthday. I really do have the best friends in the world. Shout out to Chris, Adam, and Nassim. Shout they out will... to my friends, where are your t-shirts? I too have them. <laughs> Shout out, like, call out to your friends, <laughs> where are the t-shirts? Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. So once again, you can find us, Damsels in the DMs. Where are we at? We're Instagram, Twitter, Gmail, TikTok. We're, we're trying to bring you content on all the things. So please follow us somewhere, your preferred platform, and send us your letters. We need letters, and we would love to hear from you guys. Yeah, it's going down in the DMs. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.